Hi, everyone, and welcome to the PhD2B podcast, a podcast where we talk about graduate school. My name is Natalie, and I'm here with my co-host, Dallas. Hi. And on today's episode, we are reflecting on the spring 2023 semester. We are currently in finals week. Dallas still has a little bit of work to do, but we figured that since the end of the semester is pretty much here, we might as well just talk about it. your semester um my semester was pretty good um aside from the teaching woes which I've already talked about ad nauseum um <laughs> but I think my classes went really well um I really enjoyed um both of my classes the uh um directed study for the lit pedagogy and my class with Dr. Robbins on literature in a global context um, I thought both of those classes, both of those classes were really um, interesting and useful. And I wrote a project that I'm proud of for Dr. Robbins. It's a really great project, y'all. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? Just yeah. briefly. Yeah, sure. So um, this class was on um, diaspora and literature just in a global context. And um, so we talked a lot about migration, diaspora, all of these good things, um, and kind of the effects of that and, you know, how this affects different, like, um, racial and ethnic groups and things like that. And, um, so I decided to use this as an opportunity to kind of explore my own heritage. Um, being from Louisiana, I have family. Um, my grandmother was, uh, a Cajun lady. <laughs> so, um, I kind of took this opportunity to trace her family um, back. I was able to trace them back all the way to Nova Scotia to like the year like 1670 something. Mm -hmm. And um, just kind of talk about like how I have always kind of felt like a, uh, you know, um, like a fake Cajun because my family doesn't really participate in a lot of the kind of typical cultural practices that Cajuns are like known for participating in. and, and not totally, of course, there's certain things that we do that's pretty typical, but certain things that we do that aren't and how I've always kind of felt disconnected from that part of my identity and kind of going back and like tracing my heritage all the way back to Nova Scotia kind of opened my eyes of like, no, you are a Cajun girl, you know, just with the rest of them, you know, um, and that my identity is valid regardless of how much I um, practice different cultural aspects of that part of my identity or not. And the truth is I, I do, um, want to like get more connected. So I, I do, I do try and like learn how to cook like Cajun dishes and I like Zydeco music and I learn little like Cajun French phrases here and there and stuff. And I talked a lot about the language kind of dying out and all this stuff. So yeah, it was a really interesting project and I think there's a lot more there I could do something with. Um, so I, I I probably will try um, at least. Uh, but yeah, I, I, that was a really interesting project. I enjoyed doing that. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off when you were talking about it, your semester more generally. I just really love that project. She asked me to look over it just to see, you know, just a second pair of eyes. And I tend to, I recently did a project that 
does similar work but in a different way and so i was just so drawn to it and it's so good um so i just wanted you to talk about it for a little bit of course um anyway so i didn't mean to cut you off so i know you're talking about the classes and projects and stuff but what do you still have left in the semester because you you are in a little bit of a different place than i am yes so my students had their final um presentations today so i do need to give them their grades for that, and then go in and calculate their overall grade for the semester, which because I'm doing a grading contract and I did not um, give them traditional grades, I kind of have to go through and um, kind of figure out who performed, you know, a quality work, who maybe didn't perform a quality work and kind of, um, and, and then I say quality, that's probably not the right word to use since a grading contract is based more on um, labor and engagement than quality. Um, but I, I guess what I mean is just like who did the most amount of what they were supposed to do in order to get the A. And I'm not going to get into the depths of like the grading contract right now. Um, but yeah, I, I still need to do all of that kind of work. Um, but that shouldn't take me terribly long. Um, and then I have one more final project that's due Friday that I've been working on. And I'm running into a few little snags with, but um, it should all be okay. I have until Friday, so um, I still have a few more days to really um, um, get it done. So, yeah. As for me, I gave my final exam on Monday, mm-hmm. um, which is really fun and similar presentations um, of different content since we're obviously teaching a different class. But um, got that taken care of. Um, I turned in grades this morning and so i'm so jealous i'm (laughs) so ready to be done yeah and then since i don't do course work so i don't have to do anything for finals so yeah i'm so close you're so close so close i know i i i I kind of was like maybe you should wait a little bit since she's not entirely done but i think you've done enough to where like i feel like you can reflect on on yeah oh definitely and i and the my final project i'll say it's it's um it's coming up with two um example syllabi for a class that i would theoretically teach in the future for an undergraduate um late class in an upper division i said undergraduate i guess i mean lower division undergraduate class in an upper division undergraduate class and um i really like to make my syllabi on canva because i think canva is fun (laughs) But um, I also need to go in and make like an accessible version on Word. And that's kind of where the technical difficulties are happening because, yeah, um, I won't get into it. And then I have to go in and make my grading contracts. Um, I'm going to try and stick with grading contracts from here on out, even though this semester I don't know that it was totally successful. Um, But I'm willing to give it another try. That's awesome. Would you say that grading contracts was something that it, like maybe looking back to the semester like really had like this was like the unique like focus or, or approach? Is there anything that you think stood out in the semester? Um, yeah. So I guess I should kind of explain what a grading contract is. Sure. I'll, I'll be as brief as I can. So basically a grading contract, um, a labor based grading contract kind of says, oh, hey, we're going to decide that it should take you this long to complete an assignment. Like you vote as a class, right? And then you kind of self-report and say like, yeah, I did my, you know, I took my one hour to complete XYZ assignment. And if you really did take the time that it took you to do the assignment, it should show through in the quality of the work essentially. That 
is like a standard labor-based contract. I kind of wanted to move away from the laboring side because as someone who focuses on disability studies, not everybody can labor in the same way um, due to different disabilities, uh, specified or unspecified through the university. Um, you know, and just, I, I try to focus more on like how well students have engaged with the material and how well they've engaged with the class. So I, didn't really want to focus on how much time did they take. Of course, it's evident who did put, you know, put more quality work into their assignments than who didn't. And because I'm trying to do, because my, the way I have the grading contract set up is whether it's basically a, did you do all parts of the portfolio? And if you did, you pretty much get your exemplary credit. If you didn't, you know, you get kind of like a little, you get like a little lower status of a, um, quote-unquote grade so it would be like exemplary satisfactory um acceptable and rewrite or revise and resubmit rather and so nobody should be failing but whether or not they took the time to actually do the revise and resubmit is up to them so I have to go through now and kind of say like okay who got what like scores on their big projects who got what on their smaller assignments and who was engaged in class you know if they missed a lot of class and they weren't there to engage in the class so like all of those things need to get taken into consideration so and I've never done this before so that's why it's going to take me like a little time to kind of gauge like okay you know what grade does this person get based off of the contract because there's going to be people who don't fit in the category so like for an example for like an A grade right they would need to get you know three out of four of their major projects would need an exemplary um, five out of six of their smaller assignments would need to have like a complete plus grade, quote unquote grade. And then, you know, they need to have been engaged in this many out of this many classes as in like, that's kind of their attendance. Um, and I'm willing to kind of leave, like, you know, um, give or take some of those things, depending on like the, the quality of the student work. Like maybe they didn't come to as many classes for some reason, but their work was really good. So I could kind of justify like giving them an A in the end. And I know that that's probably not like sticking to the quote unquote contract, but some of the students didn't really fit in one contract or another. So kind of having to balance like, okay, maybe they didn't get this, but they did do all of this. Where do they fit in line with like a grade? Do I think they deserve an A? And, um, and I think that there's probably a better way to do a grading contract. I just haven't figured it out yet and some of them didn't really understand the concept of like you decide what grading contract you want to follow if you don't really care about this class and you think you want to just aim for a c that's on you you know and that's fine but um but then you need to adhere to what a c grade entails so i think a lot of them just like really couldn't grasp that concept even though I had explained it so many times. So I'm kind of worried that like if someone doesn't get a grade that they thought they were going to get, that they're going to like get really upset about it. But I think most of my students are going to get an A. So I'm not too worried um, about that. I think plenty of them will be particularly pleased with their overall grade, but because I didn't assign like, or because I didn't go with an actual, you got a 90 or, you know, whatever, um, that they are kind of probably like, I don't know what my grade in this class is, but I'm like, but if you look at the contract, you should know. Like, <laughs> So we'll see how that all goes. But I think that that kind of actually detracted from my course a little bit, um, if I'm being honest, because they didn't really understand the concept of like what constituted an exemplary grade. Again, I had it all lined out for them what exactly meant exemplary right did you 
Did you provide all parts of the portfolio? Did you turn it in on time? Which I don't have a late policy, but you know, if they did everything they were supposed to do and did it on time, they pretty much got an A. You know, there was, there's no reason for them not to get an A, but it's for those who are like getting like, they wonder why they get like a satisfactory instead of an exemplary. And I'm like, well, you didn't include any of your author's notes, you know, or something. And it's like, you were supposed to have that. I put it on the checklist, you know? So a lot of that, I think just ate up so much time of me having to go in and explain that so many times. And I don't know if maybe my explanation just wasn't clear. I don't really know it's hard to gauge what they were understanding from it and what they weren't. And I don't know if that's on me or if that's just on them refusing to pay attention or not reading. Cause I have a whole, like the contract itself is uploaded and I explain on there, like what the grading contract is, what it means, how it's different from typical grading, how it's more equitable, how it accounts for, you know, people with disabilities. Um, you know, it can be beneficial to people of all kinds of, um, learning differences and things like that. And I just think that they really just were really reluctant to understand and see that I'm trying to do them a favor and that I'm actually, they're doing better. It's better for them to do it this way because if I were to have based it on points, a lot of them probably would have ended up doing worse. Truthfully, as far as like a standard rubric, like if they would have been missing their um, author's notes and didn't submit their process work and didn't submit, you know, X, Y, Z, they would be, they wouldn't have had as good of a grade, you know, where I was willing to kind of be like, okay, well, you got an acceptable, you can still revise that if you want to, it's not, you know, whatever, but I don't know. They, but then they wouldn't take me up on that for the most part and wouldn't take the opportunity to revise it for a different grade. And it it just, I don't, I just don't know. I feel like that, really took away from a lot of what I wanted them to get out of the class. And yeah, I just don't know. Well, I think that's why we wanted to do this episode too, because like reflection is really important just in general, but it's really like specifically important, like in our field and even more specifically in like first year composition. And so, I mean, that's, that's why we're doing this, like trying to figure out and talk through like, why didn't certain things work and what could I have done better and what did work well? So, I mean, this is all part of that process. Yeah. And I, and I just, I don't know if it was just the atmosphere of the class just really wasn't conducive to a grading contract. You know, I just really, I don't, I just, I genuinely am at a loss with this class. It was really a struggle to get them to be respectful, pay attention, do the work, you know, come to class. So I think, you know, had I done this last semester, I think it would have gone perfectly fine. Interesting. So I don't know. I kind of wish that I would have just stuck with like rubric grading this time because maybe it would have been a little more evident to them. Oh, I really need to do my work. Um, Yeah. Maybe seeing that standard typical, like, you know, grade there would have been better. Yeah. But I... I did tell them, I was like, look, if this isn't working, like we can go back to traditional grading if that's what y'all want. Right, you did say like, that. Like I'm like, cause you know, I don't want to run my class. Like I am the the queen and they are all of my <laughs> subjects, right? Like I'm like, no, we, this class, I want it to operate like a, like a democracy. Like you'll have, you have a voice. Like if y'all don't like this style, we can change it. I can do something that makes more sense to y'all. If there's a different way you'd like to submit your portfolios, we can talk about it no one took me up on the offer. So I did leave it up to them in a way of saying like, Hey, like if this, if you need, if there's something else you want to do, if I can do the rubrics, I have them. 
I just think that this is going to be a more equitable way of grading and it gets you to focus more on the process and rather the product. And I think that that's really beneficial, but I think with this class in particular, it just didn't click, but then they didn't give me any, um, opportunity, you know, to say, or they didn't, they never, they never voiced really much of like, I don't like this. Can we go to traditional grading? So, but to be fair and to try to put ourselves in the, the shoes, I was going to say the feet of our students <laughs> in the shoes of our students. I think it's just hard to like, feel like you have to stick up for yourself or like say something because girl i never had the courage to to speak out against anything my teacher was doing so mm-hmm. i think that and just that's, is hard and that's fair that's totally fair when you said um the feet thing about um instead of shoes it made me think of you remember how brats dolls you just like take their feet yes off. <laughs> <laughs> so then i feel like one had really cool shoes but you could see their skin tone and then it didn't match with the other brats dolls skin tone like i never want i could be like oh I can't, they can't wear these shoes now that is so funny and i do remember that anyway anyway um but yeah i mean just like i was what i was saying earlier it's just this is a good opportunity for reflection um any any moments you do want to highlight that were really exciting about the semester? Yeah, I think one of my favorite moments this semester was getting to teach um, the undergraduate class I attended for my literature pedagogy class. Um, so that was my first time teaching an actual lit class, and it was really fun. And um, the students who had seen me more as their peer all semester because I was just going to class with them like any other student um, they were really respectful and um, really uh, willing to participate and see me as the teacher for the day. And it was a really fun experience. And I got lots of really great feedback and um, from Dr. Craig. And also, you know, she gave me some pointers because there was a few little sticky situations that came up. Nothing bad, but just a few moments where I could feel myself kind of being like kind of fumbling, you know, a little bit or having to like get them back on track after, you know, um, some time um and she gave me some really great feedback that I think is really useful that I'll definitely be taking with me in my future teaching and that was really great and yeah I really I really love that that was such a good moment because I really was worried she was gonna be like that was terrible (laughs) but she was like no and that was really great like she really had mostly just great wonderful things to say and she was so kind and um, you know, I was, I was a little nervous just cause it's my first time teaching lit. So I really enjoyed that. And then again, for Robbins, probably my paper was probably the most exciting thing. I love that. Yeah. And we're trying to learn not to catastrophize. So yeah. I try to stop Dallas from thinking the negative is going to happen. Um, because she's amazing and <laughs> that's like not even an option. Um, so, um, as for me with my teaching, I mean, I, I had a great semester. I did, um, this semester was interesting, though, because I was teaching. I think this is the content that I've enjoyed teaching the most. Um, I taught writing as argument. And so I got to teach a little bit about like different types of arguments and different ways of arguing in general. And so it's just really cool. And I love anything rhetoric. So um, it was lots of fun. I enjoyed the content a lot. Um, this batch of students wasn't they weren't as needy as I wish they were but hey i mean they're upperclassmen um sophomores juniors and seniors so a little bit of everything so that was really interesting um i do think thinking back i wish i would have been a little bit more 
strict about the technology usage in my class. Mm-hmm. This was a very heavy, like, like they just loved using their, being on their laptops and stuff. And there were moments where I would start the class and saying, all right, you're not going to need your laptops today. Go ahead and put them away. And they would listen. And so I know that if I would have continued that, it would have worked. But part of me also is like, you are upperclassmen. Like you should know that you shouldn't be on your laptops and that I'm going to ask you questions. And if you don't answer, like I'm going to, you know, call on you or which I don't actually do, but you know, like make it to the Mm -hmm. point where I can navigate that. And so that's one thing that looking back, I, um, wish I probably would have done more about but honestly like they were learning they were learning the content they were understanding I had people participating so it really wasn't that big of an issue it's just something that I noticed that I I definitely need to figure out how to address that when I teach um in the future so um that was one of those things and then one thing that I really enjoyed about this semester um was the, my late policy. I had a lot of students take advantage of the late policy and I really enjoyed that, which I think is kind of funny to say because who enjoys when their students turn in, turns in work late. But um, it was just really nice to see them like actually, like I, I don't have a late policy for the reasons that they took advantage of. I'm a little behind on this or I needed to do this and I couldn't get to it or I, I was sick or something like that. And so it just felt like they were recognizing my flexibility in the Mm -hmm. fact that classes don't have to be this like rigid like Mm -hmm. difficult sort of like you have to adhere by the the due dates and the due dates were exist like they do and I have them but it was just nice to see them like actually like take advantage of that and like know that they had that flexibility in my class because they don't have that in their other classes yeah yeah I also don't have a late policy and you know, of course I like it when they submit their work on time. And I think if they submit their work on time, it's nice for them because then, you know, they're done with, they're done with their assignment. They can move on. Like there's great benefits to submitting stuff on time, but I've had students that have had to submit things late and I've been totally okay with that, you know? Um, and I've pushed pretty much every deadline back where I was like, if y'all need through, you know, this day to submit it, like that's fine. But you know, come Monday, we're starting fresh with the new unit. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. That's um, what I would because do. Because I kind of liked when things were due on Friday, that way they had the weekend to kind of just do whatever else they wanted to do for other classes. And then come Monday, we start fresh with the new unit. I love that. Um, but you know, sometimes they needed through the Sunday to turn something in, or there was another one that I like bumped back a week. I was like, but we're just going to start fresh on Monday. So mm. We're, we're moving away from this so you can have more time, but you know, like just know we're not going to go back to this. So, you know, unless they needed to ask me a specific question, which yeah. they could do that too, but you know, not during class time. And I love that. Um, one thing that I don't necessarily regret not doing, but something that kind of came up um, this semester that um, I'm going to think about in the future is I want to make their due date not be Sunday night mm-hmm. because if, Sunday's supposed to be a day of rest Mm -hmm. and that's something that I struggle with and I want to have Sunday as my day of rest and I'm thinking if I want to have my Sunday as a day of rest I'm encouraging them not to rest I'm encouraging (laughs) yeah not to rest and so I think in the future I'm gonna see what that's like I'm gonna see if I could do like a Friday due date kind of like you Dallas Mm -hmm. I, I really like that and see how that works um and then if they need more time, they need more time. That's on them. But I don't want to give them an excuse not to not to rust if, if they have something due Sunday at 11.59 p.m. Right. So. Yeah, I hear you. So we'll see. 
Yeah, I think another really rewarding aspect of my teaching this semester was that I had one student who was really struggling um, with her mental health, with trying to get accommodations through the university, um, with some personal issues. We did have a student death on campus this semester, um, and she was affected by that. And, um, you know, she was just really appreciative that I was able to be so accommodating and understanding to her situation. Um, and I don't mind being that person, you know, I, I feel like, you know, we should be helping students through these hard times and giving them some grace when things happen. And from what she told me, it sounded like some of her other professors weren't doing that for her, which really made me sad and kind of angry. I had to reach, she actually had asked me personally to reach out to one of her other professors because he said if um, he would only let her make up a quiz if I told him that she had been in contact with me about the issues she was having with her mental health due to the student death on campus. So even though I had filed a report to the dean of students saying, like, this student really needs some help, you know, she's struggling, and I assume, you know, dean of students, I got an email from them saying that they were trying to get her in as soon as possible with counseling services. I'm assuming that they reached out to her other professors as well, but I don't know that for sure. Um, so I had to email this one professor and say, hey, um, you know, so-and-so is in my class and she confided in me about, you know, X, Y, Z going on in her life. She's really struggling. Um, I did file a report with Dean of Students and they're working with her, trying to get her in with counseling services. But um, hopefully, you know, you can find some grace to let her retake her quiz. I know she asked me to reach out to you personally, um, that you would let her take the quiz if I did. So this is me reaching out and I hope you can continue to work with her and help her finish the semester strong. And he emailed me back and was like, oh, I'm glad, you know, she has you as a resource and I am going to let her make up her quiz. So like it all worked out. But the fact that I had to even reach out, I think is a little, you know, sad just because I don't think anybody, I think when students are really struggling with their mental health and they come to you and they tell you that they're struggling, that they're they're actually struggling, like they're not making that up. You know, uh, there are students who I've had plenty of students this semester who just didn't want to do their work, didn't want to show up to class, didn't want to put in the effort. If they came to me and said, I'm struggling with my mental health, then I would know why, you know, that they're not performing well in class. And guess what? None of them came to me to tell me that. So that just tells me that, you know, they just genuinely just like did not care. Um, But she came to me and was like, I am struggling. Like we had a whole little conference outside one day during workshops so she could talk to me about everything that was going on. And, um, you know, I just think that that's sad that some professors are just going to be so harsh that they, that they, you know, request things like, oh, we'll have your other professor reach out to me. Like that's a little, um, I just feel like you're making that student feel even worse. Like, you're not believing them that's tough that's really tough yeah Um, yeah I mean that's the type of stuff that just comes with teaching and this is why we're again we're reflecting on it it's like being in those situations is really interesting yeah and I I did let them know like hey if there's anything y'all need to talk about I'm here you know um and I'll do my best to get you the resources that you need you know whether that's counseling services whether that's you know, reaching out to religious services on campus, um, you know, whatever it is that you need. So I had, 
this particular student was really struggling with getting um, counseling services to actually get back to her. So I put in my report to Dean of Students, like, she has reached out to both um, Campus Life and, you know, Campus Counseling, and no one's gotten back to her, you know, um, y'all need to help her. And and I told her that I was going to submit the concern to the Dean of Students. Um, that way she wasn't like blindsided by it, but I told her, I was like, let me submit this report because if I submit this report, they'll probably get the ball rolling faster on getting you in to see somebody. So she and I kind of come up with a game plan. She, we did like a zoom office hour, um, thing. And we kind of came up with a game plan of that. I was going to do that for her and get things rolling. So, um, I think it, I think it helped. And I, that was just something I wasn't going to expect to have to do this semester, Um, But, you know, I'm glad I was able to at least help one student get through, you know, get through the semester in some capacity, you know, and help her out. Um, Not to like pat myself on the back, but I just I think about these things and I'm like, you know, what if I wouldn't have been so willing to do it? It sounds like her other professors weren't. And, you know, where would she be? She probably wouldn't have finished. She probably wouldn't have been able to finish the semester. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And it sounds like you did everything that you should have done not that I'm here to validate what you did but yeah sounds like you handled that very nicely I tried really happy about that um yeah this semester was interesting I had a student who was also impacted by the student death and so um I completely was like due dates don't matter for you attendance doesn't impact you anymore Mm -hmm. like you know it's it's really in those moments where you have to be flexible and you have to show that care and compassion because Sadly, a lot of professors, despite what happens on campus, and this is part of my argument, so if I can just sort of, like, one of the semester I got accepted to publish a chapter in an edited collection, and my focus is specifically on responding to student deaths, and one thing that I was really struck by that literally I had to go to therapy after this was when I found out that my student was impacted by the student death, I, um was literally thinking this is firsthand experience with what I'm writing and it becomes really frustrating just hearing what you're saying because Dallas you had not told me that situation that you had to email oh I didn't no you didn't and so I think that that's even more frustrating because it's like the entire point of my chapter will be how do we respond and guess what some professors are going to respond in the way that that professor responded and that's not the way that we should respond if we're trying to sit here and my argument is is that because I'm Catholic, I'm the I want to establish a culture of life in my classroom. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? One of those things means that when things like this happen, specifically student deaths, like how do we respond to that? And so I think it's just it's just really frustrating to hear that other professors weren't going to be as accommodating as they should have been. And that's that's just not a way to, re- to respond. And so you're I mean, you're literally like giving me examples of like yeah. why I'm doing this yeah. chapter in the first place and so yeah I'm so happy that you're going to be writing about this it's really it's really important and I think we were all sort of blindsided by this particular instance on campus just because it, it happened kind of recently and mm-hmm. towards the end of the semester yeah. and I think we all were just kind of like chucking along and then this big thing happens and yeah I think we were talking about it TCU's had a pretty high yeah, student the, death rate yes. recently yeah. this year. And, and I'd, I'd um, have to check on the numbers on that, whether yeah. or not it's actually that high. It doesn't actually look like it, but it does seem like it happens often. Yes. So. And so I think, you know, TCU in particular um, should have some sort of response system to these things. And we just kind of 
don't. Nope. We do. We do, but not like, there's not like anything for their professors per se to say, you know, hey, like, because of course, like all the student resources are in the syllabus and it's available to them. But if you don't really like let them know that you can help them get the resources they need, then they just won't think about it. I think they just won't think about like, oh, let me go back in the syllabus and look and see what's available for me, you know, on campus. And they just kind of don't think about it, I think. Yeah, and I think that that's the hard part because like, and I don't know, obviously I haven't written the chapter, so I don't know what the the approach, I have an idea what the approach is going to be. But like, I always think about like the syllabus is one of those things where it's like, they know that it's in there. It's not enough. It's, yeah, it's not, not enough, enough to 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 have them like they're not going to reach out. They're not going to do all these things. And so for me, it's like, OK, do I recommend them to go to the vigil? Do I acknowledge that this, you know, like what 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 is it that I can do? Because the syllabus ain't cutting it. What is it that I can do in my class to recognize that I understand how this impacts not just you maybe like in the class but just our university in general like we can't sit here and just act like this didn't happen and that's a lot of what yeah what happens yeah they'll send an email kind of saying you know so-and-so's friends say this about her and like they send like a nice little you know email out about it and then they talk about the vigil and then at the end of the email they put if you Mm -hmm. need counseling like you know they're available it's like that's not doing enough that's not that's not doing enough. And anyway, yeah. I, I guess I just was, you know, it's been it's been definitely something I've been reflecting on this semester just because it did happen. And yeah. it's, you know, it's just been... It's a hard It's been hard. Thing and to, I didn't think any yeah. of my students would be someone who knew the person um, or anything like that. So whenever I found out that this particular student was friends with this person, I was like, okay, yeah, you need to grieve and you need to yeah. not worry about due dates if you don't come to class for the rest of the semester, like that's fine. Yeah. In fact, she didn't even present her stuff today. She wasn't here. And I told her, I was like, you know what? Just submit the material. You don't have to present. Yeah. I was like, you need to focus on you and do what you need to do. So, you know, I mean, uh, this is why I'm writing this chapter because this literally happened to both of us. Yeah. My student, I don't know what the situation was, but they were impacted by it some mm-hmm. way, somehow. Mm-hmm. And same situation. So, yeah. so yeah. So, I mean, this semester has been really interesting when it comes to that. And it's really given me even more of a motivation to write this chapter. And I'm, I'm praying that I can do it justice because it is such a complicated topic to, to talk about. Yeah, I think if anybody can write about this topic and do it in a really respectful way, it, it's Natalie. I'm going to try my best. You can. Um, you will. Thank you. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Yeah, I think it's a really important topic. So I'm not glad that this all happened, but I'm glad in a sense that we got to really reflect and think about yeah. what we would do in this, what we should do in this situation. Yeah. And that, you know, the approaches that we had to think about and say, okay, like, what do we do with this? You know, yeah. and we both kind of had to make some decisions based off of our own personal kind of, um, understanding that this is hard it's hard to lose a friend it's hard to lose somebody it's hard to uh you know in whatever capacity that looks like you know even Mm -hmm. you know even if you didn't know the student when you think about like oh somebody died it's always kind of it forces you to kind of look at your own mortality and it can be really shocking and sort of you know it can be very disorienting and i think you know we don't 
think about young people just dying. We don't. We think of, you know, elderly people Mm -hmm. or sick people. And when someone's not, you know, if someone doesn't have some life-threatening disease like like cancer, they're not super elderly, it always seems so much more, it seems so shocking. So I feel like, you know, that kind of always throws people through a loop. And to not really be understanding of that, I think is a problem. Yeah, yeah. I'm you've literally touched on another aspect of what I'm trying to do in that in that chapter, which is like the the and what this is the thing that I proposed when I was submitting to this CFP was um like as a Catholic, like one of the biggest things, there are two things. One we're always called we're, we're always asked to remember our death. Like you are going to die someday. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that um and I'm not going to get into the theology of it, but we are all asked to pray for the deceased. Like that is a thing that we do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always thinking like, this is a big topic. And and this is something that I think about because I'm Catholic. Like that's what we're called to do. I mean, on Ash Wednesday, we literally have a, like an ash cross on our forehead because we're asked to remember that we are going to die one day. So, you know, like it's like, yeah. for me and for you obviously like we're both being impacted by this conversation but like how can you not how can you not think about it and how can you not think that it doesn't impact your teaching and i mean that's this semester has really shown us that Mm -hmm. and sadly it's not going to be the last time no and we're not the first to have gone through this either um and we won't be the last no and it's really unfortunate and yeah i think that was like really a big major point for both of us this semester Yeah, yeah, I'm glad that we we talked about it because it is, we can sit here and say that our classes were, were great and everything was fine because it was, but then there are moments like this that really make us think like, how did we respond? Did we do an adequate job of doing X, Y, and Z? Could we have done something better? Where, where did we do well Having giving our students that flexibility and, and reaching out, even though you had to do that, the fact that you did that and it worked is awesome. So it's- Yeah, I'm yeah. glad that it did work. I'm glad he yeah. took my email to heart. But I think the fact that I had to do it at all is kind of, you know, sad. And and mm-hmm. I don't know this professor, so I can't really speak to his character or his teaching. But it seems like, based off of what this particular student told me, that she was having a hard time with this particular professor all semester. So mm-hmm. this kind of didn't surprise me either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think as professors, we need to remember, like, students are people too. Just like they need to remember that their teachers are people too. Because, yep. you know, sometimes it's really easy to see your professors as, like, these... I don't know, brooding authoritarians, you know, who yeah. are making sure that you are doing everything you need to do. And like, that's not true. Or that, I don't want my students to ever feel like they can't um, come to me or whatever, which is why I was like, hey, if y'all don't like the grading contract, like, right. let me know. But, you know, again, I know that that's hard. Um, yep. Yeah. 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 So. Um, yeah. I think, um, yeah, this semester taught us a lot, just to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, but in your, so looking ahead, you're about to go into exams. I am. So I got my list together, both of them, my field and my focus list, and I'm really excited to actually get started on the reading, but you know, one thing at a time, I'm like, I just need to finish up my last final project, um, and the grading. And then I can finally just like be done with that. I, I'm the kind of person where like, I need to, one just one thing at a time because I'll get overwhelmed I can't be trying to like find time to read right now when I know I have all this other stuff going on so I just need to finish out what I already have and you know by the time 
you know, Monday comes, I should be done with everything. So <laughs> I better because <laughs> grades are due on Monday yeah. and my finals due on Friday. So I really don't have, uh, so I really have to get this stuff done. And then, you know, come Monday though, I'll be able to start my reading and I'm really excited to start. I've gotten, I've gotten so many books in the, in the mail, um, more that I need to order. I've been kind of just ordering them in chunks, but yeah, I'm excited. That's awesome. I mean, that's that's something that she had to work on throughout the entire semester and get it approved and yeah. refined and all that. So yeah, and it was it was it was a struggle because I just didn't know what I was doing. I was like, okay, yeah, I need to put a list together that showcases that I I will know the field right because that's what we're doing. We go into a particular field. We need to know what we're what our field is right. You can't just like not know it. And then your focus and you know you have to be able to say like yeah, if I'm focusing on you know intersectional disability studies okay, well then I better know what I'm talking about. Right. And so that's kind of what this process is. It's actually getting all of that knowledge and reading all of that material. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. I'm, I'm not doing the actual exam exam, like the written exam. I'm going to do two portfolios, which will be different, hard and time consuming in their own way, but it won't be a timed exam. So I still don't know fully what all of that encompasses, but I know like I can get in touch with my committee about that and kind of see, what they expect out of these portfolios. Um, but right now I just have to do the reading. Just got to get started because that reading is, it's a lot, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so now this entire semester I spent my semester since I'm not in coursework working on my prospectus. And so that was what took up my time aside from teaching and tutoring. Um, and so that was kind of a difficult process too. Um, the prospectus genre is very interesting. Um, and for those of you who are listening, don't know the prospectus essentially is a plan that kind of shows, um, your committee an idea of what your dissertation is going to cover and so you might you go into a little bit of a lit review you post some questions that you want to answer and then you give a breakdown of theoretically speaking like what you think you're going to cover in each topic and how this dissertation is different from uh other other dissertations or other books or other works in in the field that you're specifically speaking to and then i had to create an IRB, which I'm not using anymore. So I have to redo it um, because there's been, there was a lot of change with my uh, prospectus. Um, Just kind of going back and forth with it, not because there was really anything wrong with it. It was more of like, what specifically am I trying to do? And so I had to work um, through that and my uh, dissertation chair, Dr. Hoag, she's probably going to listen to this episode. Um, (laughs) she really, she's just, she just really, I just feel like she really just gets it. And and she does a great job of like really seeing the, at least in my, I mean, obviously I don't know because I haven't done the dissertation, so I don't know what it's going to look like, but I feel like she really envisions it in a way that's going to put me on a right path. And so I really appreciated that. Um, and it's funny because at one point I went to a, I'm trying to see it was a job talk for someone who was interviewing for a position here at TCU and the thing they were doing their job talk on was so incredible y'all so 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 good but it left me feeling like man my dissertation's not going to be as exciting as this one and so that kind of left me a little bit deflated and I was worried um and I was thinking like maybe I should do something else and so that was really hard um but then I talked to my 
uh, Dr. Hogue, my dissertation chair, and she's like, no, 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 no. And she kind of talked me through it. And so it was really cool to be able to hear from my committee that my dissertation is exciting. I think it's very exciting. Every time we talk about it, I'm excited. Well, and, and uh, well, now I'm excited. I mean, not that I wasn't excited in the first place because I think that it's important work, but like I was really worried about the marketability of it. And mm-hmm. with the topic that I'm talking about, it actually, that is actually something that we, we can't get away from just because of the nature of the, of the conversation. Yeah. You want to kind of give like a brief, like, yeah one sentence ish kind of thing or some just a little overview of what your dissertation is talking about yeah and I feel like I've done it before so I don't really remember what I said last time Um, but essentially what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be exploring how religious faith or spiritual identity appears in academia and I'm going to be using my experiences to showcase that these things this identity does come forward and how does that impact how we view identity intersectionality how do how how does that speak to the larger sort of university and it's more like secularized approach and so um i'm excited because it's it's a it's a fun challenge to try to convince people that um christianity is not just like a, a protestant you know thing it's also catholic and there's just so many like different facets to it and that we can be social justice justice oriented as christians and just it, all these types of things and so i'm really excited about it and i think that it's going to bring on some good challenges um but i think i have to fight a lot of people along the way not like my committee because they're all on board and they're excited but um people who might be conflating christianity with a certain way of being and sort of their image of what Christians mm-hmm. are like. And so I think that that's going to be an interesting sort of group to try to convince that, no, that we're not all like this or, or you're, you're, you have this image. And I like, I like that challenge. Um, but at one point I was like, Oh, I don't know. And so now I've kind of, I did my defense a couple of like a week and a half ago now. And so, um, they love it. They're excited. I'm excited that they're excited. They find it very interesting. And, and so I'm really looking forward to getting started in the summer working on my dissertation. So, yeah. So I accomplished that. Yeah. And that's a big accomplishment because she's been working on that all semester. So, and I've seen kind of the evolution of the changes from, you know, I didn't read it, of course, and I didn't get to go to the defense or anything, obviously, but, um, but just talking it out and kind of what the changes are. And, and um, can you explain what an IRB is? Yeah, an IRB is, I don't know what it stands for, but it's an internal sen- review board or something like something that. Something like that. Something like that. Essentially, it's if you are going to be interviewing or surveying human subjects, we don't like the words that they use, the language that they use, but essentially it's human subjects. If you're going to be interviewing or surveying and using their responses in your own research you have to go through irb and get approval mm-hmm. and they have to sign uh forms and things like that letting them know that hey i'm i give consent to you using my responses or my whatever examples whatever it is that you get from them in your own research so that's mm-hmm. that's another little hurdle that i have to get over but um i have a better understanding of what i'm doing now so i was going to do a survey now i'm just doing interviews and so yeah. okay. i think that'll help a little bit more yeah yeah i think so 
I didn't realize you had to redo your IRB. Yeah, yeah, because and 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 I I feel like the the survey never really was going to work as well as I wanted it to, and so after I got feedback from everybody. They were like, yeah, we're thinking interviews more of those individual because a lot of my dissertation is going to be focusing on my experiences. And so it's like, why would I not also include the experiences of others? It makes more sense to be able to do the interviews. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. So we got that done. Well, yeah. I got to do the IRB, but I'm done with the prospectus. And so yeah. I can start the dissertation. Which that in itself was like a big hurdle. So actually being able to like move forward from that and get started on the components of the dissertation, whether that be the dissertation itself or the IRB is like a step in the right direction. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else you want to highlight about this semester? I mean, you did go to your first conference this semester, which... Yeah, that was fun. That's exciting. Yeah, we had a lot of exciting moments we this did. semester. I mean, even just starting this podcast, we started it this mm-hmm. semester as well. So we have a, we've done a lot of um, fun, interesting things yeah. just in this semester, not even necessarily related to academia. So yeah. This one is sort of related or also not, but we also were able to maintain our Bible study this semester. Yes. Um, so I think I only missed one or two. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, one because I was out of town. and then I think I might have been at all of them unless there was one where I wasn't. Oh, I think there might have been one where I wasn't there because I was doing something or something but but we were able yeah. to do it which is exciting we we're kind of gonna do like a couple people on tuesday oh, and then that's a couple right. people on friday and then the tuesday thing just kind of fizzled so it just ended up being like a friday thing that's right that's which right. i was okay with yeah yeah that's right so that was really fun um we got to maintain the bible study we got to go to the gym together this semester yeah. which is really fun um just go on our little walks and just not be sitting down all day because that's exhausting yeah um do you remember the storm, the the ice storm? Oh yeah, there was an ice storm. Isn't that storm hilarious? I like feel February. like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because there was like basically school was closed for like a whole week essentially, and it was kind of like on a play it by ear kind of basis. So we'd be like, okay, are we gonna go to class tomorrow or not? And then like, then we'd get the email being like, you know, school school's closed tomorrow too, and we're like, okay, that was very weird. I can't believe that that happened this semester is the funny part i can okay (laughs) i can i can't i'm just like why is none of this surprising you know why that's funny though because like i was thinking i don't know what it was that i was thinking about earlier this week but i was like i did this did we experience winter in this semester i was like i kind of feel like i forgot that it was cold this semester but it's been more cold than it's been hot this semester yeah it's been a pretty cold semester all around yeah like even today after it rained it was a little like the wind got mm-hmm. a little and i was like mm, i'm cold <laughs> yeah yeah but, but yeah i mean it warmed up later of course but yeah yeah but it's been a weird it's been a cold semester it has it has and i was just like wait winter did that happen but yeah it, it did, did happen it feels like a lifetime ago honestly which i find so funny because like it's may it's only been five months but it yeah, already feels, feels like it was like a year ago. Yeah, that feels so long ago. And yeah. it's crazy how much like having a week off does kind of interrupt the flow of your teaching, of your coursework, of like what, because you think like, oh, I don't have class, I'll get ahead. And then you're like, honestly, like <laughs> sometimes it's like, you know what, maybe I just need to just take this time to like focus on like cleaning or doing other things, you know, or whatever. Um, yeah, that was strange it just felt like by the end of it i was like i just want to go outside again yeah yeah that was a weird 
weird but i feel like every year now we have to just put it in our schedule that there's going to be an yeah. ice week yeah ice week during the yeah just kind of have some days that are kind of just like if you if they if you don't if you have to if you have to cancel class it'll be okay yeah 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 just kind of factor that in and be like yeah it's yeah. coming yeah it's coming. for sure and i feel like this was just a rainy year like in general like like last semester remember it rained on the first day of school oh that's right and then like today you know it was like my last day for my students and, and it also like, rained. It rained again and i'm like what is with this rain we've had a really rainy year um academic year um, which I actually really like the rain, but sometimes I'd be like, mm, I don't want to go out in the rain. I just want to stay home and it rain, you know? Yeah. It's, um, I don't, I like when the sun is out. Me too. It's been kind of, and then this semester in particular, I found kind of dreary, a lot of gray days. Mm-hmm. So those few days of sunshine, I really cherished. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, we also did our outfits of the day. Yeah. Pictures. Natalie and I sent each other our teaching outfits. Um, which is fun. Yeah. No, that's always fun. So we, we try to make up for the, the gloomy and wear fun, cute outfits. Well, Natalie wears, like, you know, bright, colorful oh. outfits. I tend to just still wear. Although today I wore a green dress. You did. That's, you did. So and it was cute. That's colorful. So I'm not much of a color kind of gal, so. <laughs> I love color. So. And you and Natalie rocks the color. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm like, I don't, don't look at me. You know, very, uh, you know, Damien from Mean Girls, like don't look at me oh my gosh um when he's on stage yeah because it's part of the song yeah. right or she says don't look at me <laughs> and um anyway yeah that's me i'm like don't i just want to be under the radar like in my neutrals i love it so that's so you and that's okay yeah but it's still fun cute outfits even if they weren't like bright and colorful yeah. on an ugly day i love it anything else you want to add I feel like we got into some good stuff. I think we did too. I don't think I have anything else to add. Me either. I will say, as much as we've reflected and talked about the good and the bad, I am so glad this semester is ending. Yeah, it's it feels nice for for a break. Yeah, time for a break. Yeah, it's nice when things end. I mean, I know sometimes that's hard, but I think I think we like all of us, including our students, and everybody's just like ready for that break and just ready to have a summer yeah, yeah so. have some warm weather have some sunshine have some vacation time yeah, yeah. we deserve it we deserve it all of us yeah. have been working so hard yeah so for sure so all right well then this is going to wrap up today's episode Yay. if y'all have any questions or comments um please send them to our email the phd to be podcast at gmail.com and you should follow our instagram at the phd to be podcast yes and you uh we will have our next episode out wednesday at 9 a.m as we always do thanks for listening thanks for listening y'all bye bye